Before we get started, I wanted to tell you about an exciting opportunity that is just a month away. At Pipeline West, you will not only hear plenary sessions from Carrie Newhoff and Eric Geiger, but you'll also be placed in an interactive coaching group to help you develop a leadership pipeline. You will audit the current state of leadership at your church, uncover the barriers that are preventing you from developing a reproducible culture of leadership, and create a leadership pipeline strategy that you can begin to implement when you get back to your church. Seating is limited since we value personal interaction. So register today at myleadershippipeline.com. Once again, that is myleadershippipeline.com. Now let's get to the podcast. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here with Eric Geiger. How's it going? <laughs> Is that a bad and, intro? And Daniel M. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're supposed to do hello. I know. All right, let's, let's start over. This is the Five Leadership Questions podcast. Okay. And, and this is Todd Atkins and Daniel M. Oh, that was awesome. Okay, Eric's <laughs> recording this on uh, Facebook Live, so if you follow him on Facebook Live... It's too, well, it's too late. It's, it would be too late now because it by the time be, they're watching they this. They can know that you randomly post live. I have never done Live. ever a podcast recorded on Facebook Live. And so just now, Chris Martin has been encouraging me to try it. And so I don't even know if I can do it on my phone because he usually brings his phone and records it. Yep. And yeah. so I'm, I'm doing it. So hopefully, hopefully well, this works. It's, it's going to be a good, good topic today. All right. We're going to be talking about how to lead staff retreats. How to lead staff retreats. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> So they, let's, staff let's retreats. Get, yeah. I mean, they're some people love them, some people hate them. Uh, I love them and hate them. them. Yeah, so that's good. That's a good way to put it. So some people love staff retreats, and the reason they love them is why. Um, okay, some people love staff retreats because they get a lot done. Some people love staff retreats because they don't get together outside of the staff retreat and they go someplace awesome. And hang out for most of the time. Hopefully, they go some someplace awesome. Hopefully, they yeah. do that, and, and not just hopefully they road. do both. Go <laughs> place someplace awesome and get lots of stuff done. Yeah, I I, uh, I think I went through a period of time when I loved staff retreats, and I for the hangout time. I remember a time in Miami. You actually came in helped I did. Lead, helped lead a staff retreat. I did when I was executive pastor in Miami. I brought you in, and in the afternoon, I remember like it was yesterday because um, I had gear snorkel snorkel did you went snorkeling and i did and um i i it was very tempting because uh there were two lobster traps with a lot of them in it oh, oh you I, went lobster from with other guys from the I, team? D- I didn't know but there were some there oh. and i just really wanted to so a guy in the facebook live just lobster. now says he loves them for fellowship this is john long loves them for fellowship and to get face-to-face time with people you never see so before i had kids i loved our staff retreat we would yeah. go down the florida keys we would rent jet skis now, I mean, I still love the people. Now that I have kids, every night away from home, it feels yeah. much more weighty than it felt totally. before I had kids. Y'all feel the same way? So, brutal. 100%. 100%. So I'm less likely now to go hardcore on staff retreats. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into the frequency, what to do, some suggestions all the way through the podcast. But why don't we get started with question one and we'll get there. Okay. All right. So should you do a staff retreat? (laughs) Yes. Next. (laughs) So Todd, you're on my team. You're on my team. We have not done a staff retreat going away. We haven't gone away in in two years, but we do, we do a staff retreat all day. Would you, okay. Let me ask you, would you say we've done a staff retreat? 
Would you call what we do a staff retreat? Not really. Okay, so you said you you answered yes. You should do a staff retreat. It's a it's like an all day. Todd strategy. wants to go snorkeling. Yeah, that, clearly. <laughs> but but hold on a second. You said you should do a staff retreat. Yes. And then said we don't do a staff retreat. Yeah, so I feel like you're saying we are not doing something we should do. It's he's okay. Tra- you can call me out. Up. You can he's call me out. Trying to lead up. Right you can call now. me out in front of everybody. No, I do think they're important when your team is not together on the same page or when you have it. Okay. So unlike, this is going to have to be careful. He's backpedaling. He's backpedaling. I'm not backpedaling. Okay. In most churches, you've got a bunch of silos. We have actually, I think less silos in our organization than I've ever had in my churches. Meaning I understand um, what I'm doing and what other areas are doing. I mean, we're structured like a church, children's students. Yep. Leadership, adults, worship, leadership, groups. All that stuff. But I feel like I know a lot better what's going on in those areas, what's important to those yeah. people. Um, and, yeah, I, I just feel like it's it's more of a team thing. Uh, unlike a lot of uh, yeah. staffs I've been on where it's like everybody's doing their own thing. Right. And then we all get together, and that's when you figure out, oh, this person. Yeah. It's cool, and they. So I, I'm going to answer the question by by going taking us into the second question. Okay. Because I will answer the first question based on the, on the second question. Here, here's what I mean. So the second question is, what's the purpose of a staff retreat? To me, if you know what the purpose of the staff retreat, that then dictates if it needs to be a getaway for a couple of nights, or if that's something that you can accomplish in an all day. Yeah. Not totally. all staff retreats are created equal. Right. So if it's a, hey, we're trying to bust some silos up or we're trying to, we're, we uh, we need to do a better job of building community as a team. Trust right. falls. <laughs> tandem, <laughs> tandem, tandem bracelets, you know, bike rides, uh, trust falls, all of those. If you're trying to build relationships. It uh, works so well. Bonfire. <laughs> bonfire. <laughs> Writing your sins on paper. Oh, and it in. Now, now you're going back to youth group days. Um, <laughs> Dodgeball? I, I, I think. Dodgeball. <laughs> oh, no, that's dangerous. Uh, Some of the things that we did did not bring us together. <laughs> so I, I'd say if, however, you're in a great rhythm, I would use a staff retreat. And this is what I'm currently doing with my team. We will, do, we will go away for a day locally. And we'll have about three or four strategic things that we're going to knock out. Some actually probably two or three strategic things that we aren't going to do in our regular rhythm. But right. it's a working day. And we need longer than a regular staff meeting, and we're gonna we're gonna use a staff retreat to knock out some strategic strategic things. Here's where I think a big mistake is: is when someone makes staff retreat really just a long regular staff meeting. And they do oh, it yeah. at their current location. So yeah. one of the things is you got to get out of the existing environment. It's not only getting out of the rhythm, but getting out of the environment to make sure that, you know, you're, you just do a little mind shift there whenever that happens. And it, the breaking away actually gives you more of a clean slate to have good thought. Yeah. So, I mean, even when we look at that, the purpose of a staff retreat, you have different types of staff retreats. Right. So you have the strategic ones. I love how Patrick Lencioni categorizes his four meetings, right? He has his daily, uh, you know, kind of a daily stand up. You got your weeklies, you got your and that that's more of like a month, you know, at a week, one hour. What's everyone working on? What can we challenge each other to the next day? And then we got the monthly ones, which are maybe about two to three hours long. And then he suggests the quarterlies. 
right, that then go into, you can use the quarterlies as the offsite retreat, or you can do that more, uh, you know, twice a year or annual. So there are yeah. different types. So you could definitely well, use them yeah. as a strategic it, thing, but it could also be a formation opportunity yeah, as yeah. well for the staff. The key is knowing why are we having this, why yeah. are we having this retreat? Not, man, we've always had one in the fall and we've always had one in the spring, well, um, yeah, that's when what, they become ineffective. What right? do you want to talk about? And then they ju- it just becomes one long staff meeting. Yeah, that to me is not good stewardship. One, you got to look at, at they are expensive, and I don't mean yeah. expensive because you're putting uh, a bunch of people on in a car and going away to a place where you're renting out a hotel. But staff retreats are expensive when you take the number of people in them multiplied by yeah. the amount of time. You just want to be sure that you are understanding here's what we're trying to accomplish. Even if that is, hey, this is about connecting in community, this worth the investment, then absolutely. But just know why you're why you're doing it, why yeah. you're having the retreat. Yeah, it's wise. I mean, <laughs> you know what? You know it'd be interesting for all of our listeners to actually write out the number of hours they have their teams in meetings, multiply that by the hourly rate that they would possibly get. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and brutal. just see the see the financial investment that all the meetings <laughs> take up in, a, yeah. in an organization. All right. So uh, next question, who, what, where, and how long? So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of typical retreats and, and, and such. All right. So who? So sometimes you'll have people say, oh, well, it's, uh, it's a strategic trip and we're only taking, you know, this group of the staff. Um, sometimes it'll be like we're taking all the staff. Sometimes it's we're taking staff and volunteers. Um, so I, I think that's kind of up to you. The the what we kind of already covered, I feel like, because what you're doing, it's either spiritually focused, communication focused, slash relationship, or it's strategy. Um, it's very difficult to do all those things really well. Um, so you kind of want to focus on maybe one more than than the other. Uh, and then where I would say always do them away. Uh, and it could be just, you know, local offsite, um, or it could be somewhere where you're going away and getting, getting away from everybody and everything, but understand that that leads to some distraction. You're doing it so that you don't distract people with every day, but in doing so, like you guys had mentioned, you know, your kids, all the other things that are um, your, your regular work, all those things are somewhat distracting you while you're away too. But I'm a big fan of the away. Like, you know, drive three hours or less uh, and get somewhere that's unique and um, give people a, a, a real experience. Yeah, because sometimes you could think of a staff retreat like, hey, we've had a, a really long year. Maybe you were in a building campaign or or there were successive situations that have just brought a lot of wear and tear on your staff. And for yeah. your staff retreat, you want to make it more of a refreshing experience. I think in, in opportunity or situations like that, inviting the spouse is appropriate if, if you would like to do that. However, if the purpose of the staff retreat is, hey, we're going to, I mean, this is not just a meeting. There, there, there are some strategic things we need to roll out our and, and talk about our leadership pipeline or our discipleship pathway or, or, or such things like that. Then I think that's when it's not appropriate to bring the spouse because it's more of a working staff retreat than a relaxation one. Yeah, I, I think spouse sometimes when it's more vision 
where they're getting they're getting the heartbeat of the overall ministry. But then when you move down to the practical and the all of a sudden, if you're not careful, the the spouse can feel like, gosh, this is trying to get a two for one here. Yeah. You know, where um they're not casting vision, but they're asking, I'm actually doing doing work. And then you know you want to be careful you don't create that where uh, it feels like, gosh, now the spouse is working on this retreat. You know, as opposed to being inspired and being connected. Yeah. So we didn't get to part of the question, which is how long? Well, it's a ten- here's tension. If it's about community, about everybody hanging out, I think it's good if if you leave and they wish it had been longer mm. because they, they'll, want, they'll want to come. Always leave them wanting more. They, they'll they'll <laughs> want to come back next year. They'll have a great memory. And then they'll want to go connect with people after the retreat. Yeah. They'll be... The, the student the student person's closer now with the worship leader and and you know there's connecting out if it is about execution or strategic you you really do want to be there long enough to get it done because you want to get back into your regular rhythm when you get back to the when you get back to the office yeah and timing especially if you're doing hard thinking and strategic planning timing is so important so if that's the purpose of the retreat don't leave at 9 a.m and then get there at noon, eat eat lunch, and then st- <laughs> try to work from one to five. Oh, it's the worst I mean, time. that is not go yeah. go the evening before. You know, leave at five or six, do dinner. Yeah, on have, the a road, great, have a great have a great have a great morning session. Yeah, exactly. And then really connect. Uh, maybe do some worship connection. You know, some sort of games so that they have that and everyone have a good night's rest. And then just go straight up. You know, eight a.m. onwards, and then you can get some good work done. I don't believe in purgatory. <laughs> Theologically, I don't believe in it. However, I've heard people say before that in purgatory, it's always the afternoon session. <laughs> the afternoon session is the worst. It's the most brutal. So don't start your staff retreat with the afternoon session. That is brutal. Yeah. Everybody's tired from lunch. Oh, totally. Especially after a long road trip. Yep. No, you don't want to do Food that. That's okay. bad for them anyway. Uh, I do have one more on the who because I just thought of this one. Um that is, should you roll your own or bring in an outside oh, person? Oh, you know what? I was just thinking that too. I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> I guess it depends on the purpose. Right. It does. Bring in the outside person in for what? So who to lead the it's retreat? Lead your staff retreat. I mean, you've been, you, I guarantee you, I, I don't know this, but I'm sure you've been called to lead somebody's staff retreat, somebody else's staff retreat. Uh, so I, I, didn't, I have spoken at lots of staff retreats, but I don't feel I've ever been the chief facilitator of the whole retreat. And I don't think you want to d- delegate that as much as, bringing some outside eyes and outside speakers, but you as the leader still have to own the whole experience. So you I, shouldn't I, delegate that. I wouldn't outsource that. I, okay. But I would I would bring in, at times, outside, outside eyes and outside thinking and outside uh, expertise and challenges, for sure. I, I've done that frequently. But I still have wanted to carve out time to then put into play the contextualization to our area from whatever it is that we heard. Yeah. Well, totally. what's, what's really interesting about that, if you're not bringing someone outside from the outside into the retreat to lead it and you yourself are leading it and you're looking for, hey, I need an inspirational talk or I need some sort of talk to 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 catalyze people on toward that, 
we have a platform here at Lifeway called Ministry Grid. If you go to ministrygrid.com, I mean, just think about it from that perspective. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. a, great, it's a great tool for that. It's a great yeah. tool for that. Here's well, a 10-minute video totally. on vision, right? Or, I mean, Eric does all our he does all our strategy stuff in our, in our leadership pipeline. So play the five, 10 minute video there. And then, you know, it's like you're bringing Eric in without bringing him in. I've had a a couple of people recently, some of the 92nd leadership things that we're doing. Yeah. um, They're very visual and we put guides with them uh, as well. So if it's like, Hey, you know, you want to take a bunch of those and say, let's, let's look at pipeline as an, for instance, if you're talking strategically about your leadership pipeline, you could totally bring in either a couple sessions or actually all walk through one together. I mean, that it kind of goes back to what Eric was talking about early on. He brought me down to talk about multi-site. Yeah. And then, you know, within like three years, he did more than I did, but whatever. I just stole your ideas and executed better. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> but... You know, I was in for those strategic conversations. And then, like I said, they were still in knocking stuff out. And I was out snorkeling, <laughs> having having debates within my heart on whether or not I should steal lobsters out of somebody's trap. Because mm. they... Wow, you can get looked, shot for that in the looked, keys. Really? They looked, they looked oh, you better, you better not play. <clears throat> you better not play with my lobsters. I just couldn't believe they were there. And then, you know, the that's how they catch lobsters, bro. They catch lobsters by sending out traps and then they go and pick them up and they eat them or sell them. So you can't come down from DC, hang out in the Florida Keys and jack somebody's lobsters, bro. I wasn't jacking anybody's lobsters. I tell you, I feel like I was just trying to be vulnerable. This is the conversation. This is a conversation 10 years ago. It doesn't, dude, do not touch their (laughs) lobsters. So are lobster traps the same as crab traps? Except my dad, except they're for, um, they're for lobsters. Okay. No, because my dad and I would go crabbing. Yeah. It, it'd be like, it's like a triangle. It's not a triangle, but it is it is a trap for okay. um, a, a animal. So it's just bigger. No, because the, uh, the ones... That, the no, cra- I think they're actually smaller than the crab traps. Oh, really? Ah, gosh. I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say no. I don't know. If somebody, you, somebody will If you're listening from the 305 and I just said that <laughs> wrongly, please don't call me out. All I remember is uh, trying to get all the shiny stuff off my body when I saw uh, several barracuda that came close. <laughs> They're great big eyes and sharp teeth. I, if right. I were you, I would not have been worried about the shiny things in your body. I would have been worried about how how white you look in the water. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, it's blinding. It's, it's blinding. <laughs> <laughs> somebody just threw in. A Whoa, what is that? That's why yeah. Tom doesn't wear shorts. Yeah, somebody, somebody threw in a can of tuna, <laughs> caked over somebody's body. Don't hate my Dutch heritage. Uh, I'm sorry for the visual, everybody. All right, question four. What's your worst staff retreat experience? Oh, man. And don't say it's when Todd came down. <laughs> I had a speaker one time. I, <laughs> I had a speaker one time. He came yeah, from D.C. No and he started about. fishing for lobster. <laughs> he was supposed to lead our session, but he wasn't there. He didn't show up on time. Um, I I think, gosh, I well, you know what? It's always easy to make fun of your to make fun of yourself. I will remember when I um, led a staff retreat when I first was having a, a team. Uh, I remember doing some of the uh, connecting kinds of things. Trust falls? I don't think we did trust falls, but uh, there wasn't trust established ahead of time. Yeah. And and the the just my 23, 24-year-old self thinking you could throw some people in a room and 
bring in an outside person who's going to all of a sudden help you connect overnight. It doesn't, I've actually moved more on this and people may disagree with this. I, I choose to connect more around the work than around, Hey, let's connect. Uh, because I have seen it backfire on this just feels like forced activity right? that doesn't really cause connection. And then when there is connection around the work, then that's when you can do some play and some hangout time that becomes, becomes more meaningful. I, I just have this mental picture of I wasn't even the head of the staff, but I encouraged us to bring in somebody and we did those kinds of things and it just, it just didn't feel authentic, mm. which then became probably not the best use of time. I'm thinking of my, it was, it was at the end of my first year of university and it was, I, you know, they were, they brought up, it wasn't a staff retreat, but they were bringing all these people in to an experience, a group experience where they were trying to identify who is going to be the coordinators for the next round of freshmen coming in next year. So I remember going into that and literally walking in, and I was trying to figure out what was happening because there was no agenda. Everyone was just kind of walk, talking around and, and walking around. And I found someone. I finally found someone who was in charge. And I was like, so what, what are we supposed to do here? And they were like, well, just hang out and we'll call you if we think you're going to be good huh. for next year. There's literally no agenda. It, it was just hanging out the entire time. And I think for what what the reason I share that, obviously that's not a staff retreat experience, but you have to understand if you're organizing the staff retreat, what works for you might not work for everyone else. So as an introvert, although all the extroverts loved the experience and they were like, oh, let's just connect and hang out. This is awesome. For me as an introvert, if I it's it's not that I cannot connect, it's just that I want a purpose. Right. I, I want something there, but there is no purpose. So, so when you're creating free time at a staff retreat, right, sometimes it's not just enough to say, hey, everyone's free, come back in three hours, but to say, hey, it is free time, you can do whatever you want, but here are a few activities uh, if you want to do it together. And in that way, that can actually facilitate, I, I think, a, a better experience than the whole random, just do whatever you want, connect, because sometimes it's just not going to happen. Yeah, or if your staff is large enough, then you'll have clicks. Yeah, the clicks totally. form all that. Okay, I got one. Um, so this occurred a number of years ago and staffs ago, um, but we were on a staff retreat and uh, we all like to compete and have a good time. And um, we we're playing football. We were there for several days, but you know the we had already had like two football games at this point in time when this conversation occurred. And I said to the senior pastor, why are you trying to be the quarterback every game? Like, why are you the quarterback every game? Was He's he like, because, huh? Was he a good quarterback? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, he was all right. Okay. And, um, but there was, I mean, people were getting heated. Like it was, it was rough yeah. and contentious because everybody wants to win and yeah. and all that. So there's a lot of frustration going on. And he said, because they want me to be the quarterback. I was like, they don't want you to be the quarterback. You want to be the quarterback. You think you have to be the quarterback. They don't need you to be the quarterback. They need you to be the coach. And, he and you know, it turned into a, a, a weird, uh, long conversation uh, that was healthy. Um, but there was conflict. And um, over the – but – 
the next day he did that very thing and you know it was a it was a lot better Mm -hmm. results um but i would say don't do things that are gonna divide your team like some of the competitive stuff is fun that's good that's good that's good that's good caution but you can further divide your team or put people in deeper clicks than they're already in or or highlight a problem that you you don't want to highlight. Yeah. So if you but but if you do do competitive things, if you do do. Yeah. Make sure <laughs> if you do do, you'll do, do be sure you do do on the staff retreat. <laughs> make make sure you split teams up, then, right? Because I think if you do competitive We're still activities, <laughs> if you do competitive activities, it does bond the team together. Now, if you have let's say one person from every team coming in and they've never really worked with one another. That's a great way to build that chemistry uh, as I continue to try to get this podcast to keep rolling while you guys are cracking up on the doo-doos. Last question. doo-doo competitive. We're doing the exact opposite. It's so ironic. We're saying, hey, don't hurt people's feelings. And we're railing on Daniel for saying doo-doo. Uh, we're like the middle school pastors at, at staff retreat. We, we actually knew each other when we were. <laughs> we did pastors. when we were middle school pastors. Um, all right, last question. I do think this is the most important question. I really do. Oh yes. How do you follow up from a staff retreat? Because if you don't follow up from a staff retreat, you have to have the last ten percent of the conversation, or you lost the first ninety percent of the conversation. If you don't follow up from a staff retreat, there can be major plans that are discussed, but then no execution put to them or major uh, decisions decided, but then no execution put to them. So here's the best thing. This is the best thing I've done on following up with a staff retreat. You simply in a one to two page, preferably one page, you at the very next staff meeting, you pass out, here's everything we decided and here's who's got point on these things. And you ask for those point people to, hey, once a month, let us know how it's going until it is completed. You've got to hand uh, execution off from the staff retreat. The staff retreat turns out to have been, here, here's the thing, you're at the next staff retreat and you're like, dang it, didn't we talk about this last staff retreat? Uh, yeah, and nothing yeah, and nothing bad. happened. So, so why is it that you do that in the very next staff meeting rather than at the end of the staff retreat? Here's why. Because I do it at, I do it at both. At the end of the okay. staff retreat, you sum it up. But it's not it's not formatted well. It's not in the okay. official doc. It's on these big, you know, white papers on the side, the big stick, sticky notes that are on the side of the wall. And then when you do it at the next staff meeting, you are showing visibly we are bringing what we discussed offsite back into this room. Okay. It, it, it sends a signal that what we talked about out there over there is impacting our behavior inside. Yeah, is that that is a good visual. So would you even bring those post-its? back into the staff meeting room and then say, hey, from here, let's now together translate this? Or would you actually have that translated? I haven't I haven't brought the big sticky notes back in, but that, that would be a good a good memory uh, or a good visual. Like you said, it, it, I just have had a one to two page that gets passed out. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's like, hey, just want to be sure this is what we talked about. Because there is this sense when you come off of staff retreat and you get destroyed right when you come back. Your email inbox is loaded. Yeah. You, uh, there's, and so you, there can be a temptation yeah. to think, okay, is everything we talked about still for real? Because now we just stepped back into a whole lot of regular rhythm. So by, by bringing the action steps into a staff meeting, you were, you were, 
you are reclaiming the important things that were talked about at staff retreat and integrating them into your regular rhythm. So I always had this, uh, this document had five columns on it. Anytime we would have a, a longer meeting, whether that would be a half day or we would do a, um, a strategy retreat or whatever, we would walk back and, and before we went back, we would fill out these five. What do we know? What do we need to figure out? Who are the point people? What are the due dates? And then like any notes on top of that, I would say, what are the priorities? So if we talked about these four things, which one is first so that we go back and we know this is the one we're going to attack first. Um, and I would say, you know, if you're doing that, go ahead and um, attack something that is an easier win so that people can see movement and that you're you're actually going going forward. That should be that should be a 90 SL video, Todd. Oh, that's a good idea. Dude, I mean you you he's got another quadrant. Except this is even a quadrant. This is like this is this is quadrant on steroids, man. You going all out. You got multiple columns, B. You got five columns up in that thing. Five columns. Five columns. Woo! It's yeah, like Nature Boy. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so if you, haven't, if you haven't seen those 90SL videos, right. we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes. But you got to, yeah. Uh, we would be amiss if we didn't uh, bring up something that's really important. We have an excellent resource. If you're on the East Coast and you are looking for a great place to have a staff retreat, I would say look no further than uh, our Ridgecrest Conference oh. Center. Oh, man. I absolutely love Ridgecrest. I go there multiple times a year, and there is this little town right outside of Ridgecrest, Black Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's got some cool well, restaurants. Really cool. It's right beautiful. Too. I know Asheville's awesome. I really like Asheville. And you can see Billy Graham's. But, but once you, <laughs> you can see the cove. Yeah. But, but once you hang out in Black Mountain, Man, like there's a there's a breakfast places called Luis's that I love. There's Black Mountain Bistro. There's a coffee shop called The Dripulator. There's some great pizza. There's a great pizza place called My Father's Pizza. It's a great place to hang out. Now, obviously, there's great food on Ridgecrest campus as well. But if you want to do a offsite, you know, offsite site, team dinner, Black Mountains, cool spot to hang. But Ridgecrest, it is a. I go multiple times a year. I'm speaking. I just was there last week. And I actually went a day early just to crank out a ton of work because it's a real peaceful place to work. And then I am there this summer speaking at student camp. Right, right. My kids love it. It's beautiful. It's in the mountains. And then I am there in over Labor Day doing a family camp. And so we we, we say That's cool. we really like it. It's beautiful. So, so can I be pretty honest here about Ridgecrest? What? All right. So Only if it's good. <laughs> okay. So last year was the very first year I'd ever gone. And I know there are a ton of people who, if you went to Fuge or-, or Years ago, day, you I went mean, to the Nibble Nook yeah, and met I your mean, spouse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those are, those are stories you hear. And and a lot of people, I mean, Ridgecrest has been around for quite, quite a bit. Yeah. But my wife and I went last year with some friends and we did a night there. And honestly, you know, I, I saw the pictures. I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be another Christian camp place. I don't really know. So I just kind of, that was my attitude right. going there. I never been to North Carolina either. So I was like, you know, the drive. And anyways, I got there. I was so floored. Yeah. Like, because it's, it's like the rooms are hotel rooms. It's like hotel room quality without a TV. 
<laughs> yeah, there aren't any TVs. Yeah, but and I do make fun of ourselves about this. There's not any TVs, but there's entertainment centers. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the rooms yeah in the rooms it's like yeah. uh, but there's wa- no TV on them, yeah right? it's just like, it's it's just like I'm gonna watch the game oh you're not watching the game you're talking to your wife yeah <laughs> which I'll, baby that's what I want to do anyway that's what I want to do anyway baby I promise but yeah. um, I talked to I actually talked to Art um, our teammate that actually runs that and he is going to uh allow us to give away a staff retreat so Ooh. dude we're gonna do that Are in connection eligible? with the Dang. podcast uh, and our sneed in the house. So, anyway, um, how are we gonna do that? You know, I'll figure it out and I'll drop it in. All right. So check your sh- you you gotta check the you show got notes. to check Life the show notes. Drop it like it's hot. Check the show notes. All right, you've been listening. I <laughs> I have said some really dumb stuff today. <laughs> so I'm gonna close this out. Sarah Geiger wrapping us up. How to lead staff retreats. Hope it was helpful. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. Be sure to join us in California this February for Pipeline West. Register now at myleadershippipeline.com. Once again, that's myleadershippipeline.com. We'll see you there.